Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? Happy to be in the home of professional broadcasting. It's broadcasting, Pod- broadcasting. now? We are. Yeah, we're jumping to radio. We're going to be big time. <laughs> not sponsored. We need a sponsor for we're not that. not doing any of that stuff. No. No, thank you. But yes, I'm always happy to Anything be... that would that would further the communication of the word, I'm game for. But that's that's money and work. Have you ever had to talk on the radio? Um, I have in an in interview, not in a studio or anything, mm. but nothing significant. Like on, this, on the scene type thing? Yeah, but... That's cool. Yeah, I used to want to do that. It's kind of like this, but not as much fun because you're not there. Nah, I used to want to do that for a hot minute, be a radio DJ. I thought about that at, at one point because I, I dig the tunes. So I, I dig the tunes, cool. and I have kind of a deeper voice, which they say is good for women in yes, radio. I have a lousy voice. That's probably the thing. I disagree. But if I had my brother's voice, then I'd be all over that. So <sighs> how are you gonna uh, How are you gonna intertwine that with the, what we're well, we didn't have a whole lot of conflict over that, but, but we really... <laughs> I hate radio! So, <laughs> but the reality of, uh, you know, just relationships, as, you know, I, as I mentioned, my brother, my brother is as close a friend as I've ever had in my life. We have uh, had much, um, you know, that has bonded us, obviously, from from genetics and family to just shared interests and so on. And yet... You know, we've had plenty of conflict over the years, especially when we're younger, not as much now. But How far apart are you in age? With four you? years. Oh, so, so close enough to to be able to have that interaction, but not not as close as like my sons. You right. Know, Gabe and Ethan are two years apart. Right. Well, they're just, you know, that was constant conflict when you're <laughs> that close together. Um, Ricky didn't really have the same conflict with his brothers because he's six years removed from them. Right. So. Uh, but the reality is if you have a family, you're going to have conflict. There's no mm-hmm. way around that. Just the, the closer the relationship, the more likely to have conflict because you don't, um, because the nature of trust in the relationship is that you don't try to, you know, pussyfoot around things. It just comes out and, and, and you speak your mind, generally speaking. And because we all have individual minds, that's going to, lead to different thinking, different ideas. And as we have those different ideas, then they're going to butt up against one, one another. And that's not really a bad thing. Uh, right. In fact, it, it can be a, a very good thing, a useful thing, if handled with honesty and governed by love. And uh, when I say it can be, I, I really believe, <clears throat> and more so, than, uh, more so than I probably did in younger days, I, I really believe that God intended for human relationships to involve conflict. I, I don't think that is something that came after the fall um, because he did purposefully make us the way we are. That doesn't mean you know he made us corrupted by sin. Obviously, that taints the image of God in us. And each of us has depravity, which leads to fights. There's a difference between conflict, disagreements, and the fights and quarrels and, and disunity that, that we so often have. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we, uh, you know, as we work through life, we're we're just gonna have disagreements. You right. know? And in fact, I don't know. I don't know that I can think of a day that I don't have some sort of disagreement with somebody that that matters to me. Right. You know, and with like-minded people. Right. My wife and I uh, are as united in in purpose and thought as you can be. 
that doesn't mean that we always agree on every step of how to get to that place. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some conflict and disagreement. We don't have the same, usually, we don't have the same kind of fights we did in our 20s. You know, right. We don't, the, the, the frequency, the intensity, it's not, it's not the same. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have conflict. We've learned to handle it better. We've matured and, and grown up. And so as we look at Acts chapter 15 at the end, um, you know, I think when we did our, our something to talk about, in fact, I, I know when we did our something to talk about, I was still looking at handling this think. this big think about. This is talk about. I get so confused. The problem is I'm talking without thinking. Uh-huh. Uh, so when we when we did the, the teaser piece on Saturday, yeah, just um, we... You know, we were still looking at going all the way through the beginning of chapter 16 because I really think that that is worthwhile to look at together. Uh, but kind of last-minute situations led to splitting that up, and so we'll we'll look at that next the chapter 16 next week. But as we look at just the the handful of verses here from um, Acts 15:36 to 41 to the end of the chapter. Um, we see this disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. I think uh, the the NIV heading for this paragraph uh, hits it pretty well. Uh, at least the NIV, NIV 84 heading. I don't have a current edition in front of me because I'm old and out of date myself. And as we look at what happens here, they don't they don't in the heading add more to it than than is warranted. A lot of times in preaching or in commentaries, we'll look at this and like, this is when Paul and Barnabas, you know, have this falling out. And, you know, this is because Paul was hard-headed or because Barnabas was soft-hearted or whatever. Maybe both of those things are true. But, but there isn't an indication of sin on the part of either party in this passage. So they have a disagreement. That's it. And because they have this sharp disagreement, they have have what what I think could rightly be called incompatible visions for mm-hmm. their shared purpose. They they choose to part company, but they don't just storm out and walk away. They obviously have talked this through because right. they still continue the mission, but they divide the mission. They don't just divide the the home, so to speak. It's not like I'm de- I'm done with you. You're dead to me. I'm, right. I'm out of here. They. They're still working together to accomplish God's purpose through the church. And as they do this, as they do what they were setting out to do, this pastoral visit to the churches that they had planted, which was Paul's idea. Barnabas doesn't say, you know, forget you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this anymore. They split it up and say, okay, here's let's look at this. Can we find a a beneficial alternative, a, a third alternative that you know, is somewhere between, somewhere, somewhere different, not between, that's more compromise, mm-hmm. but this synergistic third alternative that says, okay, you want this, I want that, they can't go together. Right. So rather than, you know, one of us giving up what we believe in, is there a, a different way? Is there a third way that we can go here? And so they obviously talk about that because they, they act on it. They do the thing. But but they separate. So they, they take the what was their missionary team and the cell divides, so to speak. So now they, they split. They go their separate ways. They still are both going as uh, as missionaries from the church in Antioch. They have the same goal. 
Right. Now they're just doing two different, right. really the same thing in two different locations. Right. So it, it's as if we had, uh, you know, let's say you and I, you know, are, are podcast partners. You know, I think that should be easy to remember. I can't see. I need to you put know, on my glasses. I thought you would eventually get to that. I apologize for the live stream people with the ring. So <laughs> she's very conscious about the glare <laughs> on the glasses. But, you know, let's say, you know, we, you know, we, Going forward, we say, you know what, this is. I think we need to do something different here, and and one of us says, yeah, no, I really want to stick with this format, mm-hmm. and we can't come to an agreement on that. So what we end up doing is then splitting into two different podcasts, still from real life, still trying to accomplish the same concept of, of uh, connecting the reality the of God to message. the realities of life. Right. But maybe you know, maybe you go and do more of a, a culture and political podcast. And get a new partner to do that with, and I uh, have uh, a different partner, and, and we continue to do this. What do you thing. say? <laughs> um, but we still stay, you know, brother and sister in the same church, working right. for the same cause, uh, still have the same shared purpose. We just go about it differently. We, we still fellowship together. Right. We still worship together. Right. All of those things are still the same. That seems to be what happens here. And, and I think it doesn't take a lot to see. I, I don't think I'm like reaching because I want to come to that conclusion. You know, one of the things we want to do as we approach the scripture is to set aside. Uh, I, I just heard uh, uh, I, right now I can't think of the pastor's name, but uh, from the Preacher's Talk podcast, and so I set aside inherited knowledge. Mm-hmm. In other words, the things that I got from sitting under my father, the things that I got from previous teachers, I had to set that aside and let the text of the word speak to me in in what it is saying. And I think in looking at this, that's if I strip away my preconceived notions about what this should be saying, what I want this to say, I think the conclusion that that I end up with is that they have a sharp disagreement. They split into two teams. They're still doing the work. They're still doing it from Antioch. <clears throat> they, they are still receiving the blessing of the elders. And, and it specifies that Paul does here. It doesn't say Barnabas doesn't. Right. They're both part of this or have been part of this leadership team. And, uh, and I, my speculation part is that I, I think the reason that Luke points out Paul specifically um, being commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord and then going out and strengthening the churches in Syria and Cilicia. I think that's twofold. I think it's because it's easy for us to look at this and say Paul's being a jerk. Right. And I think he wants to make sure that we know Paul's not being a jerk. Right. They have differing visions. I think the other part is Paul is the focus of the rest of the story, uh, the rest of the, of the book here as we go along. And so it's important for us to see that, yes, Paul is not some rogue actor. He is, he is operating despite... The fact that he is a, a, clearly a strong-willed person, that he has received the message of the gospel from Christ directly himself. And he'll point that out in Galatians, and I, I think elsewhere, but Galatians comes to mind, um, that I didn't go seeking their approval. I didn't go to Jerusalem to get them to approve my message. Christ approved my message. Right. This came from him. I did go and meet with them, but that it, it wasn't for me to, to get the pat on the back from these guys. So I think it's important then that Luke point this out for Paul in a way that it's not important for him to point it out about mm. Barnabas. I think it's assumed with Barnabas, but it needed to be clarified with Paul. So in looking at that, I think that's where, you know, that it fit together with, you know, 
I usually have a hard time finding just the right memory verse to go with things. And so a uh, little inside knowledge that you know about, but I, you know, I don't know that our listeners care about really actually, uh, is you know, I'll, I'll come up with some verses and sometimes one will just pop, but, but a lot of times I'll come up with several and I'm like, well, that one's too long for mm-hmm. memory verse. That one doesn't really hit the, the core reality of the, of the passage. <coughs> or, you know, that one hits core reality, but it just doesn't doesn't flow for a memory verse, and, you know, different things like that. So I'll, I'll come up with, you know, two or three, sometimes more, but usually a, usually it's two, and I'll send it to Aaron, who puts the, the image together for that, for the program. I'll say, okay, uh, either of these seem better to you. Did we do one of these recently that, right. that we need to be aware of and that kind of thing? Uh, and so as... As we were doing this, uh, this verse was one of the two that I was looking at for the passage, and and that you know we ended up going with this one. Well, it turns out this verse really fits the first half of the passage, not so much hmm. the the second half. So we were looking at uh, Ephesians four three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, and I think that's what we're seeing here is that they are keeping the unity of the spirit. Through the bond of peace, it doesn't mean that they agree on everything. It right. doesn't mean that that they're you know they're they're still like minded. They're still you know trying to put the work of Christ ahead of everything else, and trying to handle it the way Christ would handle it. They just see it differently, right. so they take a different path. But as a result of that, them you know kind of splitting off in two different ways, they probably ended up doing more. Right. So to go back Covering to Covering more ground, you know. If you go back to our, our podcast example that probably isn't the greatest example, but hopefully it helps, you know, put some flesh on it. Uh, if we were to do something like that, the and the net result would be for the same level of effort on our part mm-hmm. individually, we get twice as much podcast. Right, because you're branching out to a work. different audience. I think that's a great thing. So then we get to address some of the things that we talk about in here is say, well, you know, we'd really like or or we do talk about when we don't really mean to because we start right. to go off. Uh, there's a place. Yeah, we'll for... joke and say, oh, we should start a separate podcast about this or this or right. this. Right. Yeah. Know. So, you know, if we decided to go off and do that, sometimes that happens because we have, we both say, wow, that's really where we need to go. We mm-hmm. need, we don't need to drop this, but we need to keep doing that. So let's figure out a way to do that. But sometimes we, we don't realize how much we need to do that mm-hmm. until we have conflict right. over things. And so, you know, Paul and Barnabas probably would not have stopped. Mm-hmm. Of course, Paul has an affection for Barnabas. He's the guy that stood up for him when nobody else would. He was the encourager. Well, I don't think anybody could not like Barnabas right. based on the description of him in the New Testament. So I'm sure Paul felt a certain indebtedness to him. Uh, Barnabas certainly felt an affection and affinity for Paul. He stood up for him in Jerusalem when they went to Antioch and and really established this this church as kind of the headquarters of things. He sent for Paul, then then known as Saul in the scripture. But Saul was in Tarsus. He wasn't in Antioch. But when Barnabas got there and said, this is, this is a great place for the work, the good things are happening here, the spirit is moving, I got to send for Saul. Hmm. I got to go find this guy and bring him here for any number of reasons. So he, he goes and gets him and brings... So there's a... There is a connectedness between these guys. They might never have split this up if they hadn't had this conflict over Mark. But the way they chose to handle that conflict 
with that unity still. Not, not yeah. I hate you, you can go do your own thing. Right. It, it, it turned what could have been, what, what logically should have been in the flesh, kind of a blow up, turned it into a blessing. Right. So now the, the work is, is being, you know, divided, but, but it's, you know, the synergy that comes out of this, mm-hmm. that the, the sum is greater than the parts, means that the churches in both these areas get, uh, get strengthened and encouraged right. and built. But that allows for what's going to happen in the in the you know rest of uh, chapter sixteen is Paul goes from this pastoral visit into his second missionary journey. So there's a sense in which you could say if they didn't, humanly speaking, obviously, if they didn't have this conflict, there may not have been a second missionary right, journey. Right. Paul might not have gone to Macedonia now. Divinely speaking, God is going to accomplish what He's going to accomplish right. in His sovereignty. But, but He used this conflict to do what their natural flesh may not have ever led them to do, as they were seeking to to honor God, seeking right. to follow the Spirit. And yet, we know that our flesh colors the way we see things. Right. You know, if I'm having fun, you know, why are we not splitting up the podcast team? Because I like doing this with you. Right. And the times that you've not been able to, to do it. It's not near as much fun, and I'm sure anybody listening would much rather hear us together than hear me talk for half an hour. That mm-hmm. that's just not the same dynamic. So, if you know, hopefully, when it's time for us to branch out into other things, we can see that and, and not have to have conflict come up to right. do it. But to be able to say, okay, this is a direction God's leading us. But sometimes we're having too much fun, and so. God has to stir the pot a little mm-hmm. bit. It's some, you know, we blame things on the devil that sometimes are from God. Tony Evans talks about that pretty extensively in a number of his sermons and, and uh, some of his writings. That sometimes the things, the, the problems that we're facing, aren't the devil. Right. It's not from sin. It's that God is doing something in you, and He requires this difficulty, this pain, right. to develop in you what what he wants to accomplish and your flesh may not like that right absolutely (laughs) and you might you know complain about it and think it's just the worst thing in the world but it's a it's a growing tool absolutely yeah i think i think that is kind of in a sense what happens here Uh, Mm -hmm. you know there's there's no record in this of either of them sinning it's not a doctrinal issue it's not like they're disagreeing about circumcision or, or legalism or that stuff you know they they will they have a time when when uh, which is not recorded for us here, but there's a time uh, somewhere throughout this where Barnabas and Peter both get sucked into the legalism stuff and mm-hmm. they start to to um, pull back from their freedom in Christ for the sake of impressing others. How long that lasts we don't know, but but Paul confronts both of them, confronts Peter, and it's a, you know this got so bad that even Barnabas got sucked into it. And the fact that he says even Barnabas right. says something about he, he, how, how he highly thinks, he right. thinks of Barnabas. Uh, so, and then Peter, after that, refers to Paul's writings as scripture and speaks highly of our brother Paul. So with all of these disagreements, with the conflicts, even the rebukes that they have for one another, we, st- we still see this unity in the family that, you know what, I was wrong, you were right. I'm gonna I'm gonna come come together with this. How we hard don't, is that for people to? Oh my gosh! That, I will say <laughs> I mean, that, I'm, I'm guilty. That's I, the I hardest hate admitting thing in the wrong. world for right. me personally. Right. You know, we had a little internal family conflict last night, uh, and you know, it, it was 
the whole thing was rather inane to begin with. Something got spilled in the kitchen, and uh, I didn't really, um, I didn't really handle it well. And so uh, my temper got the best of me in uh, a couple of ways. And even when when my wife corrected me on that gently, it wasn't related to her, but you know when she corrected me on it. I had the hardest time putting my pride down. Even when you know. When I knew it. Right. You know, and I'm trying to apologize and I can't get the words And you'll dance out. around it and you'll try it, to make excuses or, for yourself. Or I'll say and, the words, right. but the tone of voice, right. the countenance of the face just doesn't matter. Humility and repentance is the hardest thing It's like in when the a world. child gets in trouble and you go, say you're sorry, and they go, sorry. <laughs> Which is important in the training right. aspect. Right. But at some point, we got to get past right. the, you know, Sorry. You right. Know. So you can go on and do your thing. <clears throat> yeah. My mom right. used to always really, I say used to, still does, you know, will say, not sorry. Say, I'm sorry. And, mm. and really emphasize that so that you're, you're getting that full sentence in. It's funny how much harder it is to say, I'm sorry, than it is to just Puts say more sorry. Accountability. Or to say, I love you has so much more of a personal thing than love you. Right. you know, everybody says, love, love you, love you. Right. It, it's just a different vibe. And she'll then make the kids hug and, and uh, reconcile that way which isn't a true reconciliation and right. it's not a true contrition but it does time. make you pause a little longer than it. Right, yeah right. It, it it fosters that in the training and so it's important for us uh to to recognize that humility and repentance is such a hard thing that doesn't have to be that way but it is mm -hmm. so that's what makes conflict so difficult if it's not just that we disagree it's that we personalize that disagreement mm -hmm. and we see that throughout our society right. so much right now it, you know even yeah. even to look at things you know not that this is a that was my pen rolling uh not this, the, this is an ASMR channel. <laughs> again we're not you know, a, a cultural political um we podcast, should start a podcast but we should yeah we should <laughs> No, we shouldn't. Yes, yeah. we should. Anyway, uh, but but even in, in looking at the cultural conflicts that we deal with right now, they're uh, unavoidable. Absolutely, yeah. and and we should have those conversations. Right. Talking about you know injustice and racism, we you know we should be talking about that. There shouldn't be a time when we aren't looking to correct the problems mm -hmm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. Where it becomes a problem is when we then start to label and personalize. And so right. we look at it and say, we personalize the conflict. We label the group. So we, we don't deal with people as people. We, we deal with people as a group. But we personalize the insult of it. Sure. So now it's not just that you and I disagree about the the concept of systemic racism, maybe the, the definition of systemic racism or the existence of it, but... You're a bigot, you know. It's, right. Because we disagree, you're a racist. Or you're even a horrible just person. you're a Republican, so you're a. You're, That's right. right. You you support Donald Trump. You are a terrible person. And here's 15 things that are true about right. you, none right. of which might actually be true. Right. But because you fall into this category, mm -hmm. boom. And it's a personal affront to me. I am right. personally wounded right. and offended by what you said. Right. And the same applies the other way. You're a, a Democrat. You're a liberal. You mm -hmm. obviously. You know, you think like so and so, and you, you right. know, we, there's no nuance to it. You're vilified or lionized, and there's nothing in between. It's everything is a hundred percent, you know, perhaps it's inappropriate to say black or white at this particular junction, but 
<clears throat> but but it is. There's this stark contrast, mm-hmm. and there's no place in the middle. And, right. and a big part of that has to do with the fact that we don't handle conflict the way they handle it here. That we don't handle conflict in a scriptural Christian way. And we kind of talked about that after looking at, at you know what carried them forward. Uh, they they had a shared purpose, but they divided because of their incompatible visions and how to carry out that purpose. And in working that through, uh, they trusted the relationship enough to talk right. so that they come up with a beneficial alternative, an alternate plan, because they have a prevailing unity mm-hmm. through this. Because no matter how we're divided, what what bonds us together is greater than what separates us. And so we want to walk together as brother and sister in Christ, or as two brothers here, we want to walk together understanding that love governs this. Right. Christ is the focus, not me. It's not about my rightness. It doesn't mean I have to lay down and never stand up for what I believe in, right. but it means that I handle that according to the prevailing unity that we have in Christ or because of our shared purpose. And so because they're able to do that, the the beneficial alternative that they find through prevailing unity leads to a meaningful ministry as the mm-hmm. churches are strengthened. What this has reminded me of is um, I write, one of my clients that I write for is uh, uh, this company that works with therapists and counselors all mm-hmm. over the country. And so... I'll write articles for like marriage therapists and whatever. Ironic, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of t- a lot of articles I've written have been about conflicts in marriage and arguments and disagreements and how they aren't necessarily a bad thing, right. and that even the most perfect quote unquote marriages will have disagreements. Right. But it is how you handle those arguments in your relationship yeah. that can. Really, if you do it the right way, make your relationship a thousand times better and stronger. Yeah. And uh, and you'll benefit more out of it if you're willing to do it the right way. I think so, you really hit on something. You'll benefit more from it by handling this conflict. I, I would... I would go so far, strictly anecdotal, no research to back this up. This is just my observation in, in you know, 15 to 20 years of, of dealing with marriages and conflicts. The, the relationships that I see that don't have conflict tend mm-hmm. to be the relationships more likely to end prematurely. Well, because really realistically, if that's the case, then you can assume, this is my anecdotal opinion, that people are keeping things in. That they're not either truly being themselves. There's a missing there's, level of right, intimacy right. if we don't voice the conflict. Because right. the conflict is there. Because like there, you said, no two people are the same. You're not right. going to agree about everything. You That's know. right. It, even as simple as you know what what we decide to have for dinner. Right. You know, it's, or I fold my towels one way and you want them this way. You know, whatever. Right. 100%. There's going to be something. And so one, if we're not having... An, an outward conflict, then we are probably having an inward conflict. And eventually, it's going to come out. It's it, going to be worse. Right. And if we're not able to right. handle that, right. then, oh, oh my goodness. Right. It, he hates me. Right. You know, she hates me. We're, there's nothing left here. And, right. You know, and it, not just in marriages, but in any relationship. Family, no, absolutely. Family, friendships, whatever. I was li- listening to uh, Light Hits of the 70s, Whoa. which was... Pretty tremendous, actually. I was astonished that I was probably two and a half hours in before I got to one Eagles song, which, Ooh, yeah. you know. And, and, and which one was it? 
Uh, I think it was probably Hotel California. I don't know. My least there favorite was, Eagles. There, there, eventually got to several. But there was <laughs> zero Barry Manilow in there at all at that point. Uh, I'm, and, I'm not mad about There that. were only two Neil Diamond songs at that I point. I am mad about and a, that. And a bunch of Elton John. But anyway, the as going through it, it struck me at how much, and I, this is maybe going farther than what the, the podcast merits today, but it struck me how the... You know the the revolution of the late '60s and '70s. Uh, we we talk about the sexual revolution and so on. The, the cultural revolution that took place there was more than societal. It was so rooted in personal interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So many of these songs from Paul Simon's Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover," to, you know, all these different things uh, were promoting. Um, or, or you know, another one that, that I hadn't really thought about the lyrics until just recently is uh, Gordon Lightfoot's "If You Could Read My Mind," which is a terrific song in so many ways. But the so many of these are, you know, I don't know where we went wrong, but the feeling's gone. I just can't get it back. Right, you've it, lost that love and feeling. And we've so we've so reduced it to this that we can't have conflict. We can't have mundane moments. We can't get well, through that's... things because. Uh, you know, I'm not feeling the way I was feeling at that point. That's songwriting and storytelling 101. That's what everything is about. You never hear songs about, we're going to get through this argument. Right. <laughs> you never hear that. Right, yeah. yeah. There's a tragedy that goes along with that. And right. so, I, I, while I understand that artistically, right. and it's great artistically, because right. these are songs that I, that, you know, I, I love, we also recognize the power of storytelling mm. in, in art to shape culture. It doesn't sure. just reflect life. Sure. There, There is no, you know, there used to always have the debate, does art imitate life or life imitate art? It's both. Right. It's both and, always. And it has to be. It's it's, it's cyclical. It, it is, but it, it's kind of like a rolling ellipse. So, you know, it's not mm. like a, a circle that's even. Right, right. You know, sometimes the, you know, life will, will imitate art and sometimes art will imitate life. And who's in the lead depends on, you know, which end of the ellipse is rolling at the time. But as we're, as we're seeing these things, so many of these thoughts coming through, you know, bad relationship songs of the 60s and 70s actually shaped a generation of, uh, in how we handle relationships. Well, then and it got, gets hard, right. we get out. And, and right. And then you've got, even from a, a grander scale, I guess, you, I'm, I'm thinking of, while well, we're sticking in the song thing, uh, you have political music and, right. and uh, protest music and things like that. And for some reason, I hate this album, but for some reason, an album that's hop, popping into my head is uh, Green Day, when they did American Idiot. Mm-hmm. And... They didn't like the the political state at the time, but so they released this album. But then that album fueled a lot of people <clears> to <throat> to get on board with what the way they were thinking, yeah. and so it created a lot of more anger and discord with with their fans. And then that kind of got into the pop mainstream. And so you're right, it does because the nature does, of a three to five minute song is it's going to create emotions. Right. It's, it's it's evocative of certain feelings, the but thing not necessarily that, taking you to. A depth of thought and, and nuanced political commentary that you might right. have in and the a two-hour podcast. Right, and the interesting thing about that, when you think about the average age, I guess, of a Green Day fan during that time yeah. period, probably a teenager, twenties, whatever. So very influential, not so mature. A lot of twelve-year-olds, <laughs> right? Not so mature, willing to believe 
everything from a song or you know form them. and that's in our relationships in sure. this in this passage they showed maturity in, and we have 50 year olds thinking the same way now well right i know so. i get that right. but but you get what i'm saying More there's so a than sense ever, of there's a sense of uh maturity yeah. in, in and growth in knowing how to handle conflict yeah no and, and i i'm actually not disagreeing with your point i'm i'm why? Because then we can have a conversation. I want to. I want to just point out that those same things that, that you're saying, that that age dynamic, that, and I don't, I'm not saying this to be pejorative in any way, but but there's there's an obvious chronological lack of maturity sure. when you're younger. But that and spiritual maturity. I'm but saying, those yeah. dynamics now, I think, have been pushed later, sure. so that fifty year olds who right. would have been should have been more mature in previous generations are still thinking the same way as the 18 to 20 year olds, uh, you know, and, and so we end up with these huge divergences in relationships so that as, as we talk, we don't talk the way we would have previously. And, and right. the, the shaping of these things through cultural things and nowadays through social media and so on, Majorly, we, yeah. we have, We've become a soundbite culture. And I noticed that even with myself. One of my favorite podcasts, everybody should listen to the Just Thinking podcast uh, with Virgil Walker and Daryl Harrison. Tremendous podcast. But it's like two hours long. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I don't really do two hours. That's hour why long I like podcasts. Mike Rose podcast because it's like ten. Minutes. Well, see, you know, that's why we we cut this. We're over time today, but no one's uh, gonna listen. Now. You know, we we're never over time, so I'm sure it's shocking to everyone. Uh, but you know, if it's longer than you know, I love five to ten minute podcasts. I'll dig that. Right. I can do a bunch of those. Half hour podcasts, I'm good. Well, if that's it gets why to we switched hour, to this format because our, 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 when we originally started this, we yeah. were doing longer. Right. And then we're like, you know, let's split it up, do 30 minutes, people can listen on their way to work or whatever. Right. And, and I'm good with that. Right. But you can't have the same conversation in 10 minutes sure. or half an hour that you can have in a two hour Which window. Which is why we often you know, go over. And a lot of times right. what happens is that's less entertaining. Right. It, and, and I find that even for myself. Right. <clears throat> as a you know fifty some year old person now, a boomer. You're not a boomer. Yeah, by by millennial <laughs> standards, I would fall into that grouping. You know, because that's what we do, right? We right. Categorize. There's millennials and there's boomers. I'm an Xer, but it, but for what it's worth, I still I find in myself that I tend toward these soundbite things as well. Well, because we live in a I don't tic- watch videos on Facebook. We live in the Facebook. TikTok culture. We live in the Snapchat right. and and Instagram, where everything's you know fifteen my, seconds or less. My my, my brain is wired for right. vines, which aren't around anymore. But that but that's that's what I do. You give me a seven second video, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Give me a, a a thirty second video, I'll watch it. It gets to be past two minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, and, no, and I'm this like, is a commitment. It, it, right, right. That's exactly right. Right. So when I'm scrolling through YouTube, and I I, I do catch a lot of YouTube. I will very often pick up the segmented things. Yeah. So I'll watch, you know, if it's Wretched Radio or what, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, I really like the beat with Alan Parr. Uh, you know, I, I'll check these things out. But it's work for me to make myself watch an eight-minute right. video. And even YouTubers are getting that because they'll start their. A lot of YouTubers I watch will start their videos, their longer videos, and be like, "If you guys want to learn to hear about this, the time code is here. You can right. start it at eight minutes. You can start yeah. it at fourteen minutes." Which whatever. I find very helpful. By it way. is, but it just goes to show that everybody knows ain't nobody gonna watch a you know forty-five for minute a, video. for a hundred reasons. Some right. of that's attention span. Right. Some of it is just time. Right. You know, I got other things to do. Right. I gotta. You know, if I'm going to watch video, I, I want to be able to catch several things, not right. just spend this time doing it. Plus, I got work to do, I right. got, you know, other things. So all, all of that to say, relationships 
take more than sound bites. It's more than, more than 15 seconds. It's more than what we see. You know, sometimes that, that conflict doesn't get resolved in one sitting. Sometimes it doesn't get resolved in, in one day or one week or one month. And we have to figure out how can we focus as Christians on, on the spirit-filled unity that we're called to. And when that, when that unity of the spirit through the bond of peace becomes something that we are focused on, then what, what can be, or even sometimes are, blow-ups become blessings. And God then works through them to accomplish greater things than what they ever could be otherwise. All right. Well, we'll stop there for today because we are over time. But thank you, everyone, for listening on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and everybody. So uh, I won't ask you for closing thoughts because we're over time. I just gave 35 minutes of that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time.